Typically, if you're trying to conceive and you're struggling with ovulation, this might be something that your doctor offers for you. So the purpose of ovarian drilling is to disrupt or reduce the number of ovarian follicles and to lower their production of male hormones, androgens, from the ovaries. Doctor said you got PCOS, now go on girl, just lose some weight, till I took the What's up, sisters? It has been a minute since we did one of these podcasts with just me and Sirak, since we've been interviewing a lot of people lately. I know. I love interviewing doctors, dietitians, and experts, but like I miss it when it's just us two, you know? Like I like it just as much when it's us two. We can talk personal, go at our own pace. I know. I feel like it's like a diary, like the podcast, like Dear Diary. Here's what's new in our lives. And if we go back two years, we can like listen to the first 15 minutes of a podcast and, you know, remember like what was happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So anyways, we haven't chatted with our sisters since PCOS con. Mm-hmm. Right? So let's tell them how it went. Well, it was a success. Yeah. And it was almost just about a month ago, which is funny that we haven't had an individual. Oh like we haven't had just us two on the podcast since then to talk about it. But PCOS con was really cool. It was we were very nervous, like Talin especially. I was nervous, but I wasn't talking about it. Talin was just like going off about it every single day, like, <laughs> oh my God, it's two days away. Can you believe how nervous we were? I think yeah. I was nervous since the moment it was September 1st. I started counting down until September 20th. I think that's when it was. Mm-hmm. I started counting down until PCOS con and getting so annoyed every single day at Sirak after dinner when it was like time to rest, relax and sleep. I was always on like level 10. Yeah. Can't believe you convinced me to do this. I'm going to speak in front of all these people. Yeah. Yeah. But it turned out great. No, it did. We met so many people who were followers or who are who are like who came there because of us. Yeah. And just even meet people in the audience who didn't know us and give them this brand new information that they haven't heard before about, you know, everything that we usually talk about. It was a really eye opening. It was kind of those moments where like, wow, there are real people out there listening to us and like actually coming out to meet us. Like yeah. it's happening. It's not just digital. Yeah. I mean, like. <laughs> As you all know, like we started on social media, like everything we do is organic. We don't do paid stuff. We just do everything organic through our social media channels. And since we've only started that way, we just don't know what it is like to be in in, like in person with people. Yeah. So but you know what, Sirak, I feel like you were born for this. And that's what I was getting so annoyed at because (laughs) I was like, I'm not ready to like meet all these people in person. But when you are put in these situations, you just thrive and become a social butterfly. And I don't know if anyone remembers us talking about this, but Sirak did a great wedding speech at our wedding. And he, he was like storytelling and making everyone laugh. And like, he like, you went rogue like stopped reading off of his script that he had written and I was just like wow like he's really talented at public speaking and you know the whole time before the PCOS con I was like why am I doing the lecture like we should have just done something together and like then we went up and it was it was yeah. so fun it was people fine. loved you are you kidding yeah. people loved your presentation about the nutrition aspect and then we did a podcast together 
unfortunately we couldn't record the podcast due to like technical issues so we were not able to share it on here but it was one of those fun podcasts with interacting with the audience and just you know exactly it was so fun we had a great time and we saw dr phila skirsh she was there too yeah we took pictures with fellow sisters my parents came my sister came they met sisters and then we had our goodie bags and we passed those out so that was fun um so we had extra goodie bags so we did a little giveaway on instagram and gave them away to just random sisters around the country so that was cool too i think everybody probably received their shipment by now yeah they did they sent a picture it was so sweet i love it so all in all i had all this anxiety and cortisol for no good reason Mm -hmm. i apologize i'm making a public apology (laughs) this is my public apology for driving you crazy between september 1st and september 20th all good I will, I will forgive you just like you have forgiven me for my troubles. But today's episode, sisters, is going to be about ovarian drilling for PCOS. Now, like always, Talia will lead this episode because I am not knowledgeable in ovarian drilling. But he will be asking the questions. Yeah, I'll be asking the questions. And we've done a lot of research for this one. We want to make sure that we give you all the pertinent information up-to-date information, break out all the myths and misconceptions, and also kind of let people know what is ovarian drilling and is it actually something that's good, bad, or in between? Yeah, I feel like if I was told to do ovarian drilling, I would really want to understand like why, how did we get to this point, what's going on with me, what's my PCOS doing to like trigger these issues, and so I really want to help you uncover that today. Yeah, exactly. Before we get started, let's start with our Monday motivation. Uh, these are wins from sisters who are managing their PCOS, losing weight, and showing PCOS. Hold about sales. Now, our first win is from Vipra. Uh, she sent this message in the sisterhood. She said, prioritizing myself. It took me two months to work out regularly. It was it worth it? Yes. I feel so much better these days, and that's what keeps me consistent with my food and exercise. I couldn't have done it without all the support, guidance, and motivation from Tyne and Sidak. Oh, thank Aww. you, Vipra. And she said she shared a screenshot of the app and her trackers. And we can see that in her trackers, um, she showed her workout tracker that shows she's been working out. Because with our new updates, the trackers show which days you worked out and which days are rest days to make sure that you're on schedule or hitting your goals that you've set. So, yeah. awesome. That's awesome. And, you know, when you feel better, you want to do more of the stuff that's making you feel good. So I can totally see how, you know, that's motivating for her. 100%. All right. We have Alexandra from the Sisterhood as well. She says, if anyone is on the fence about going gluten-free, just go for it. I've been gluten-free for 10 days and my fatigue is at a level two versus my usual level nine. I thought it was a fluke the first few days, but I'm about to start my period and normally I'd be exhausted, but I feel fantastic. And the scale went down for the first time in months. Amazing, oh, Alexandra. That's awesome. I'm so happy for you. Yes. Good for you. Yeah. Such good motivation. And that's really the best way to test it out, right? Like, see how you feel without being without gluten and dairy. Mm-hmm. And then if you were to add it back, how do you feel? That's a great way to see if you're sensitive or not. Yeah. And, you know, only you know what's best for you. If you feel like your fatigue has improved significantly, then clearly you are sensitive to gluten and the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. The dairy-free I actually, pudding. I actually saw 
similar comment on on our live today that we did just like, just 30 minutes ago we we're doing an ig live tiktok live and somebody said uh i went gluten dairy free for a week and then when i added it back all my symptoms came back and that was like the sign that i am gluten and dairy sensitive so incredible yeah it's worth testing. All right. So we also did a poll in the sisterhood. This is just a fun poll. And we asked, as the weather cools down and fall approaches, how do you plan to adapt your PCOS routine? Mm -hmm. So most of the sisters voted for, actually, should we start with most or the least? Uh, let's go least. Okay. The least sisters voted for, the least number of sisters voted for self-care reset. Fall is a great time for self-care, so focusing on relaxation techniques like meditation and self-care. That was the least voted option. Right. What about the second to least? Second, uh, I mean, let's just say top three, and then we just had number three. (laughs) Number two was seasonal meal planning. Essentially, the option was, I'm incorporating seasonal fall foods into my PCOS-friendly diet, like pumpkin and squash love that yeah and honestly as soon as the weather changes i'm like pumpkin pumpkin spice yeah we're eating butternut squash we're making butternut squash soup i have um squash angel hair squash i have two of them growing in the garden both are almost ready so it's about time we use those it's about time so then number one was movement the vote said i'll adjust my workouts to include more fall outdoor activities like hiking or walking before it gets too cold yeah i totally agree once the weather starts to shift it's harder for me to like go out and do those things but fall here in california is warm so going out on a walk we could even go to the beach if we wanted to yeah (laughs) so and definitely feel free to message us on Instagram or TikTok, or you can go on the Sisterhood if you're a member and be part of the conversation that we have. We do these polls every single week, and we also just have like fun posts where we all share um, what people are doing for fall recipes, mm-hmm. what's everyone's pumpkin spice latte recipe, things like that. You know, PSL. PSL. Or is that Pearson Spectre Lit? Ooh. Ooh, suits. Who's watching suits? We we're, are obsessed. We were going on a walk yesterday around um not our neighborhood but like nearby. And then like there are some houses where like they're just like you can see through the house, like the living room. And we were walking and like as we were looking, we saw somebody was watching suits. So we kind of paused for like a minute and kept watching with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was reading the captions to see what season they were on. Yeah. It was Rachel and Mike. I, I don't like Rachel. The character, and I, I, I have nothing against Meghan How Markle. How dare you! I have nothing against Meghan Markle, but the, her the character in the show, I don't like the character because she's always like conniving and like trying to like get Mike to like do what she wants. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's just like a little bit like I just don't like the character. I love Jessica. Jessica's great. Yeah, I love Donna. Donna's the best. I mean, the best is Harvey. Harvey's the best. Yeah, yeah Harvey's the best. Mike is annoying. Mike is annoying. I actually don't like Mike too because. He's just always, like, acting like he's the best, and he's just, like, he knows more than Harvey. <laughs> it's like, bro, Harvey got you the job. Okay, anyway, we're getting off subject. Okay. We're getting off subject. Oh, Barry and drilling. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so we are going to cover ovarian drilling today, not mm-hmm. the show Suits. But before we get into ovarian drilling, I just wanted to recap some of the PCOS symptoms that are involved with the leading up to the having ovarian drilling. So some PCOS symptoms like irregular periods, anovulation, hyperandrogenism, having ovarian cysts, having insulin resistance, these things are related to the reason why people might be um, offered ovarian drilling. And I'm going to get into that as well. So typically, 
you know, just to make sure everyone is debriefed about PCOS. PCOS is a condition that's from genetic and environmental factors. It's not your fault. We always say this. And the way that you manage PCOS should be first through diet and lifestyle changes, and then any, any other means that you might need support with, whether your symptoms are so out of control that you want to put them on mute and take birth control so that you can pause and think about what your next steps are going to be. You know, these are all like options for you. But the first line of approach, which unfortunately we're not told at the doctor's office, is to make the diet and lifestyle changes. So let's dive into ovarian drilling. Hmm? Let's do it. This is where I check out. I'm just going to leave the podcast and you just do all the talking (laughs) because I don't want to say something wrong no, or just, i just don't want to like be the just tell me if the I'm, guy that's just saying dumb stuff here stop too it. <laughs> no just tell me if you have questions because yeah. most likely the listeners have questions yeah well i have a question what the hell is ovarian drilling okay it sounds really daunting yeah but let's get into it so it's a surgical procedure and it's used to help with ovulation and infertility particularly with people who have PCOS so typically if you're trying to conceive and you're struggling with ovulation this might be something that your doctor offers for you so the purpose of ovarian drilling is to disrupt or reduce the number of ovarian follicles and to lower their production of male hormones androgens from the ovaries What if you had an app for PCOS that could tell you what to eat, when to work out, and how to track your goals every day? Introducing the Sisterhood app. Not only does the Sisterhood app give you access to the largest community of women with PCOS, but it also provides you with a daily PCOS plan. Your daily PCOS plan tells you exactly what to eat for each meal of the day. It's like having me as a dietitian in your pocket. It also sends you a notification when it's time to work out, and it provides step-by-step videos to help you reverse your biggest PCOS symptoms. You also get access to 100-plus gluten and dairy-free recipes, the 5 Steps to PCOS Weight Loss Masterclass, and a full PCOS-friendly workout library to choose from. But let's not forget the most crucial component of PCOS weight loss, the support. You're not alone. In the sisterhood, you become part of the largest community of PCOS women where you can chat with us in our private Facebook group. Sirak, myself, and your fellow sisters are in there every day to answer your questions and support you along the way. So what are you waiting for? You can head over to the App Store and search Sisterhood or click the link in the description to get started today. See you in there. So you know how we always say when you have high insulin resistance, it triggers high testosterone in your ovaries. So by ovarian drilling, you're reducing the number of ovarian follicles to lower that androgen production. Mm -hmm. So this procedure can help restore regular ovulation and improve fertility in women with PCOS, especially if they've tried the lifestyle changes, tried medications like Clomid to induce ovulation and nothing has worked. And it's important to note that ovarian drilling is typically considered a last resort when other fertility treatments have not been successful. Yeah, that's something we definitely want to point out too. Like this, this is not something like if you're with, if you if you have PCOS right now and either you just got started with your PCOS journey or you were recently diagnosed, even if you've had PCOS for a couple of years, like this is not something we would outright recommend for you or for majority of PCOS women. Mm-hmm. It's like Ty said, it's one of those things that are like last resort. 
um, extreme treatment um, for people who may need it. Right. And before you like hop on Google, let me tell you, there is so much misinformation about this on the Internet. Like I even came across a video where a doctor was literally saying that PCOS is due to testicular tissues being in the ovaries and we're born with male and female tissues in our ovaries and the drilling removes the testicular tissue. And it's like totally outrageous. Like yeah. don't believe everything you hear. Okay. Like do the research, fully wrap your head around what's going on with your body before like deep diving into something. Cause that sounds crazy. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds crazy. I can't believe doctors going on youtube and saying these kinds of things i don't know like where do people get their degrees from sometimes i'm like really surprised at what i'm hearing so here's what the procedure is okay so there's two ways to do the surgery the first way is what has been used traditionally which is laparoscopic ovarian diathermy and in the surgery a surgeon makes a small incision on your abdomen and inserts a laparoscope with a thin flexible tube with a camera at the end and that allows the surgeon to see what's going on and the heat and electricity um, is then used to create a puncture, small punctures or drills in the surface of the ovaries. And the laparoscopy, it just takes 10 and t- to 20 minutes and you're likely to go home and resume normal activities after like 24 hours. And this is essentially like they're literally like, uh, just for the lack of like, just to make it simple, they're poking holes into mm-hmm. the ovaries? Yeah, exactly. Like, like, okay. I mean, drilling to be yeah. precise. And a warning... NSFW, not suitable for work. If you Google ovarian drilling, just be forewarned. It's not pleasant to look at. So just FYI, like you can yeah. you can Google this and see what it looks like, but it's just not pleasant. I wouldn't recommend looking at it if you're if you're easily queasy. Yes. So there's a second way to do it that they've come up with. It's transvaginally, so you don't have to have that incision on your abdomen. And um, this procedure involves using retrieval needle and transvaginal ultrasound guidance, and it's performed in at least 20 passes. So the drilling is performed under anesthesia and um, they go in through the vagina. So studies suggest that it's effective in improving IVF results in difficult to treat patients with PCOS and it is less invasive and less expensive when compared to the other way to do it, laparoscopic ovarian diathermy. So who would do ovarian drilling. So it's not for many women with PCOS. It's not for the majority. It's not for the majority. But let's talk about how you might get to the point where your doctor is offering it for you. So a decrease in ovulatory cycles, or if you're just not ovulating, it's common. Okay. Like 50% of patients with PCOS have an issue with ovulation, probably more than that. And we always talk about the different ways that can help with ovulation and equality. And we're going to get into that too, at the end of this podcast, but it just makes it really difficult to get pregnant when you can't ovulate. Your body isn't releasing that egg. And typically women with PCOS, we come off of birth control. We want to get pregnant. It's hard. And then we're off offered Clomid. And up to 15 to 50% of patients are resistant to this type of therapy, Clomid, and have to undergo more complicated techniques like IVF. So if you can't achieve ovulation with medications like Clomid and lifestyle changes, then your doctor might offer doing ovarian drilling before the IVF. Really? Because I've, I've never heard of ovarian drilling, but I've heard of so much about like IVF and people doing IVF. And, yeah, but, me too. I feel like I've heard IVF more than ovarian yeah. drilling. I've never heard of ovarian drilling until this episode. Yeah. Well, well I'm just saying. I've heard of it. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Well, ovarian drilling, um, there's a set of guidelines. You can't, 
like everyone can't do it before IVF. Okay. Like LH levels, they're lowered when you do ovarian drilling. So if you don't already have high LH levels, you'd be destroying your ovaries as I have read online. So you shouldn't be doing ovarian drilling without follicle count, ovarian volume, LH levels, and FSH and androgen levels measured and your AMH levels. So it's all that should be checked. So you're saying all of that should be checked, make sure they're optimal or high before you do the drilling. Because if not, you can essentially destroy the ovary if they're not yeah. if those things aren't optimal yeah, those levels if, if they're not where they need to be for this procedure That's like scary. LH has to be high like typically with PCOS it is high so but you know you you want to know these things cuz i don't know i'm hearing crazy stories it seems like doctors aren't doing their due diligence sometimes mm-hmm. which is like handing out birth control or passing like all these procedures and stuff so at least now you know like make sure that all of these levels are checked and you trust your doctor if this is really what you have to do or what your doctor is telling you will be the only way. I mean, it really just depends on how you feel about it. And um, if you've exhausted all of the things that could possibly help and you want to try this, you know, like no judgment, but it shouldn't be taken lightly, you know, and you need a really highly educated doctor and all of these like labs to be done before you just jump into it. Because there's some potential risks and complications of ovarian drilling, like infection or scarring, and a small risk of ovarian damage that could lead to reduced ovarian reserve, which is the number of eggs in your ovaries. And, you know, it could destroy your ovaries if it's not the right procedure for your body. So it's very risky um, if you don't trust your doctor. Yeah. So just to kind of summarize the negatives here, the cons, again, the potential risks, complications, um, include infection, scarring, risk of ovarian damage, reduced ovarian reserve, which is the number of eggs you have in the ovaries. Mm-hmm. Um, you can destroy the ovary, so it's very risky. And yeah, it's only for people who, like when when any other fertility treatments have not been effective, it's kind of a, yeah. a way to promote ovulation, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. So you understand yeah, that? That's why I summarize, because I, I like okay. to summarize things. Maybe I shouldn't be doing that on a podcast, but... <laughs> I like to summarize things just so I can fully understand it if I understood it correctly. So, okay. Thank you, Talene. Yeah, I feel like you're, you know, just as a listener would be like thinking, okay, wait, like, let me think about this. Let me repeat it in my head. Yeah. So some alternatives, if you don't want to go that route, and if you want to make sure that you have exhausted all of the other things that could possibly help with ovulation, with egg quality, with reducing ovarian cysts, these are a few of the alternative things that you can do that we've talked about on this podcast. And Sirak, you can jump in here because I know you know these things. (laughs) But I'll start with one of them, actually, castor oil packs. Now, I did a lot of digging. I didn't see a lot of research about castor oil packs, but historically they have been used um, and put on a cotton pad and pressed on to the ad- abdomen for like an hour to help with absorbing it. And that would help with reducing ovarian cysts. This is what I've read from other people who have done this um, and historically speaking, how it's been used to help with improving blood circulation and dissolution of cysts. So it's something you mm-hmm. could try. I've tried it myself, actually. Don't it was people also helpful. put it in their belly button? No. No, I'm serious. I'm not just saying that. You're just saying that. I swear I've seen people on TikTok put it on their in their belly button. Like a pool of casserole in Are you kidding? I'm not joking. <laughs> I'll Google it right now. I'll Google magic right now. Sirak. Are you saying like my name like uh, I'm a school children? I'm Google I'm literally Googling casserole in belly weird. button. 
based on Ayurvedic treatment that suggests... But oh, there's no scientific evidence that this things. gland exists, so there's likely no advantage to putting castor oil in your belly button. See, I just asked a question. That's all I'm doing, guys. Just asking a question. Wow. So putting it just over on your abdomen is the, the preferred way, not putting it in your belly button. Yeah. Well, you can try anything you want, sisters. <laughs> yeah. But hey, you know, I would say here's what you can do. You can try for the next three months, these three tips. Yeah. Try the castor oil packs. Try going gluten and dairy free. This can help with reducing inflammation and improving insulin sensitivity. Mm -hmm. Gluten and dairy are two inflammatory foods that can trigger inflammation. PCOS is an inflammatory condition, hence why we get ovarian cysts and things like that. It triggers inflammation and insulin resistance. And mm -hmm. so going gluten and dairy free can give you an edge in fighting that. Yeah. And, um, oh, did you want to jump in here? I mean, go for I, it. I can if you want me to. Please. <laughs> Well, the, the third option would be a supplement. So our favorite supplement in this case would be Ovacetol because, again, it focuses on the, the root causes of insulin sensitivity or sorry, it improves insulin sensitivity. Mm -hmm. Wait, I'm saying the wrong way. Insulin sensitivity. <laughs> and then it reduces androgens. So some studies suggest that inositol supplements can lower uh, can lower levels of androgens like testosterone mm -hmm. and it can improve egg quality and ovulation, which are really key to uh, yeah. fertility. Yeah. So honestly, if you're struggling on the fertility bus, there's a lot of different things you can do. I'm sure you've read of a lot of different things and supplements. I highly suggest the Ovacetol to help with egg quality and ovulation and reducing androgens and going gluten and dairy free to see if that helps with inflammation and some symptoms and insulin resistance, which triggers the high testosterone. And then castor oil packs that can help with um, egg quality as well and reducing ovarian cysts. And something we didn't know I'm seeing now on our uh, notes is ovarian drilling benefits only last about four months. Mm, yeah. Did you mention that? Yeah. So it's something you would do to get pregnant, right? So oh, like in I see. that period of time, you have to, you know, yeah, do the deed. <laughs> you don't have all year, you know. Yeah. So after the four months, the those do the holes get like healed and they cover? Like what happens? I I think so. I don't know. I think so. Okay. I mean. It would have been good to. It would have been good I'm to look saying. at. <laughs> well, of course, you don't have like open wounds in your body forever. I mean, Wouldn't that make sense that your dr the drilling would be healed by then? I mean, perhaps. I, I mean, perhaps that's why it lasts about four months. You know. Yeah. So, anyways, Sirak's looking it up now. <laughs> How long does it take to heal from ovarian drilling? We are here to have all the answers for you, but you know, I just wanted everyone to feel. That there are alternatives and ways to manage your PCOS through lifestyle changes. So before, because it's really easy to go down that rabbit hole of like getting off of birth control and then going to your doctor and then your doctor giving you Clomid and that not working and getting frustrated and then IVF. And it's like, what happened to trying all these other things that have studies that show that it improves egg quality and ovulation, like Ovacetol, like for heaven's sakes. So I, I really want all PCOS women to know that this is something, you know, th that you can do something about it. And if you feel that you need ovarian drilling and your doctor is like, okay, you've tried everything, let's give this a whirl, you know, that's your choice too. So no judgment. Sirak is still Googling. I mean, there's no like direct source that says it heals or, but it, they all do say it's temporary. So yeah, 
Yeah, there's a lot of studies about this too that I talk about, especially when it comes to PCOS. So like, for example, there's one study on National Library of Medicine from PubMed, mm-hmm. and it's titled Outcome of Ovarian Drilling in Women with PCOS specifically. Mm-hmm. And in the results, I'll just read the results and we can conclude the episode around this topic. But the result says a total of 43 women underwent LOD. LOD was a lat... How do you say it, babe? Laparoscopic ovarian drilling. Yes, so... 43 women underwent LOD during the study period. Majority were aged 26 to 30 years, and two-thirds were overweight or obese. Most, 72% of them had primary infertility. Other factors which could have contributed to infertility, such as superficial endometriosis, septate uterus, and unilateral tubal block were observed in 30.2% of the women, which were dealt with concomitantly when we excluded the 14 percent who were lost to follow up 23 of 43 which is 53.5 percent women achieved pregnancy and almost 70 percent of them did so within the first six months Hmm. none of our study population had ovarian hyperstimulation and multiple pregnancy in conclusion the study says lod thus not only helps in regulating ovulation and enhancing conception rates but also provides an opportunity to assess the pelvis for other potential causes of subfertility, which could be treated at the same time. We therefore believe that diagnostic hyperoscopy and laparoscopy should be offered quite high up in the hierarchy of infertility investigations and treatment. Interesting. So it's saying like they should do a hysteroscopy, like look at the ovaries in addition, like more often, you know, to investigate what treatments would work. But because they're doing this LOD, they're able to do it and it's helpful for them. Yeah. So, you know, I think that it's great to see this research study. Also, it's, you know, only conclusive on 23 people, which yeah, is yeah, like really small. Absolutely. And it's half. It's still but half. in any case, it's good to see like positive news about something like yeah. this. So if this is your last resort, you know, I'm happy to hear that like it's helped 23 people in this study. Yeah. Nevertheless, like I, I'm curious to know if these 23 people were offered diet and lifestyle changes because I am a dietitian and I do lean towards that and just want to make sure that we've covered all our ground before going in this direction exactly exactly and please if you listen to this episode like don't be just swayed into doing ovarian drilling or don't be like influenced to be like okay i want to do ovarian drilling this is something very serious of course just like every other pcs topic please speak with your doctor about this and it's only for those people who have been trying to get pregnant for a long period of time which we know a lot of people in the pcs community have also but in that situation, so if you are in that situation, please take the time to research and speak with your doctor and make sure, like, again, all the levels we talked about when it comes to FSH, LH, all those things we said, just um, do all the proper tests before coming to a conclusion with your doctor. All right, sisters, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope it was very informative. It's great. Um, and, you know, I will get off my soapbox. Yeah. What if I retired from the podcast and let you do all of them by yourself? I would be so annoyed. Why? Because I'm not, you know, that entertaining. What is you life are very entertaining. People love minister? you. How dare you suggest that just not, because I'm I took joking. over one podcast episode? That's not. No, I'm joking. First of all, and this is how I feel like you're you're the lead on the, on PCOS well, community. What can I say? I mean, I'm a dietitian, and I'm happy to speak upon the science of things. Yeah. Nevertheless, just because I took over this episode, does that mean? That you're not scientific. I just think you should take over more episodes. That's all I'm trying to say. You know what, Sirak? Stop being a slacker. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs)
All right, sisters. So I'll be on all the other episodes, sisters. This is not... Till the end of time. Till the end of time, just so everybody knows. Talk to you soon. (laughs) Okay. All right, take care, everybody. We love you. Hope you have a great week. And until next time, we'll be on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, in the Sisterhood Facebook group. If you need us, you know exactly where to find us. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. Hey, sisters, just wanted to let you know that all of our podcast episodes have corresponding blog posts that dive deeper into each topic. So head over to PCOSWeightLoss.org slash blog. Is it slash or is it backslash blog? I don't know. I've always heard one or the other. It's forward slash. Or slash? Just in case, you can also go to PCOSWeightLoss.org.